0: One thing that is getting discarded in the face of all this AI progress and competition is the role of AI ethics and AI safety researchers. And I think there's no better example of this than Timnit Garou's firing at Google Brain. It was just a very bizarre episode. And I didn't actually know about what paper she was writing about until now when I heard this story from Emily Bender, who is also a co-author on that same paper. I thought it might make sense to start
1: with the paper that you co-authored on the dangers of stochastic parrots, can language models be too big? Which was notable <laughs> even to me on Twitter for a lot of, um, uh,
0: I guess, controversy at Google, which I was hoping you could maybe start by describing, but then get into the meat of what the, the paper actually says.
1: Yeah, um, so it's not in the IPA and hard to pronounce, but the um, title actually includes an emoji, right? The last character of the title is a parrot emoji. And <laughs> uh, we were doing that just kind of for fun because we like the stochastic parrots metaphor. and Um, There was a while before all this happened that we thought the thing about this paper would be, it was the one with an emoji in a title. Like that was, little (laughs) did we know. Um, But the paper came about um, because of work that Dr. Timnit Gebru and Dr. um, Margaret Mitchell and their team were doing at Google, really trying to connect with the engineering teams to build in good practices to make the technology work better for more people and do less harm in the world. So that was sort of the the role that they had there. And um, they noticed, especially Dr. Gebru, that there was this big push towards bigger and bigger language models, right? If Mm -hmm. the paper has this table of like, just as the the number of parameters and the size of the training data just explodes over the past couple of years, right? Um, And so uh, Dr. Gebru actually direct message me on Twitter saying, Hey, do you know of any papers that um, talk about the possible downsides to this? Um, any risks or, you know, have you written anything? And I wrote back and I said, no, um, I don't know of any such papers and I haven't written one, but off the top of my head, you know, here's five or six things that we could be worried about. Um, and about a day later, I said, you know, what? that feels like a paper outline. So here's a paper outline. You want to write this together? And So that was early September and the conference we decided to target was FACT, the Fairness, Accountability and Transparency Conference, which took place finally in March, 2021. Submission deadline was October, I think, 8th of 2020. So in a month, we put together this paper and that was possible because it actually wasn't just uh, the two of us writing it or the four named authors finally, but in fact, we had seven authors. So um, Dr. Gebru brought in uh, Dr. Mitchell, and um, it's really important to me to emphasize that they have doctorates, but I also know them well enough that I'm going to start full naming them now, or first naming them actually. So Tim Neat brought in Meg and three other members of their team, and I brought in my PhD student um, Angelina McMillan Major. And between the seven of us, we sort of had enough different areas of expertise and literatures that we've read that we could pull together this survey paper. And so it came together, and it was it was amazing. Um, And also an interesting writing experience because we never had a Zoom meeting or anything where all of us spoke together. It was Mm -hmm. all done through remote collaboration in Overleaf. So not not a super common way for research to get done, but but it worked in this case. So the Google authors put it through what they call pub approve over there. It got approved. We submitted it to the conference and then put it away um, because none of us had actually anticipated working on that in the month of September. So it was like extra work for everybody. So we all turned back to the other stuff we needed to be doing. Um, And then uh, in late November, out of nowhere, um, from my perspective, and I should say that in telling the story, I'm not at Google, I've not been funded by Google. um, And so I only have sort of secondhand understanding of um, what went on at Google, plus what was uh, out in the press eventually. But the Google co-authors were told to either retract their paper or take their names off of it. And they weren't told why, and they weren't offered a chance to sort of discuss what might need to be changed about the paper. It was just retract it or take your names off of it. Um, and so we had this strange moment of, okay, what do we do with this paper? Because it seems kind of odd to put something out with just two authors that actually represents the work of seven people. Um, you know, What do we want to do here? And so My PhD student Angie and I just returned to the Google co-authors and we said we we will follow your lead here what do you want to have happen and they said no we want this out in the world so you two publish it Um, and that was the initial answer and then Timmy sort of on reflection said actually this is not okay this is not an okay way to treat a researcher um, who was hired to do this research right this was literally her job and the job of everyone on that team Um, and so she pushed back And the result of all that you can go find in all the media coverage um, is that she got fired. Um, Google claims she resigned. Um, Her team says she got resignated, which is a great neologism. And that went down fast enough that she was um, able to then put her name on the paper. And meanwhile, Meg started like working on documenting what had happened to Tim Need And the end result of that was that she was fired a few months later, but after the, the final version of the paper was done. So that's why the fourth author is uh, Margaret Schmittell. Um, so, um, so that, you know, that, that's a really sad story for everybody involved. I mean, it's terrible mistreatment, um, of Timmy and Meg and the other members of their team, those who are on our paper and those who weren't like, it's become a, I think a really difficult environment to work in. It's sad for Google because they lost really wonderful expertise and a lot of goodwill in the research community and, you know, sort of sad for, um, or it sheds a light on the sad state of affairs about the way corporate interests are influencing what's happening and research in our field right now. On the other hand, you know my co-authors and I still maintain we all really enjoyed the experience of working on this paper together um, and of weathering the stuff afterwards together and um, one weird result is that this paper has gotten, way more attention than it ordinarily would have. I mean, I think it, I think it's a good paper, it's solid paper. And boy, did we put a lot of polish on it between the submission version and the camera ready because we knew it was going to be read mm. by a lot of people. Um, when I put up the camera ready as a preprint, um, I didn't put it on archive because those tend to get cited instead of the final published versions. So I just mm. put it on my website and tweeted out a link with a bitly link to shorten it so that I could see how many times it was downloaded. And um, it has been downloaded through that link alone over 10,000 times. Mm. Um, and I know that, that other, you know, there's been other ways to get to it, which is way out of scale to anything that I've ever written otherwise. So that's been interesting um, as a researcher. But it's also, I think, fortunate because it has come to the attention of the public. And I think that this technology is, you know, Widespread, it's being used. It's being used in lots of different ways, and so it's really valuable that the public at large has a chance to understand what's going on. And so, um, you know, through Google's gross misstep, I um, and my co-authors have been given the chance to, um, you know, help educate the public, which is um, something that I that I do feel fortunate about. You know, I'd, l- I'd love to kind of get into what the paper talks about. But do you have any sense or has Google made any comments about what their their objection was? Because I sort of had this feeling that it must be a really incendiary paper. And then in the you know, the prep for this interview, I actually read it and it felt like pretty un uncontroversial, I guess, is was was my feeling reading it. So I just wonder, I mean, maybe it's hard to yeah. know, but have they said anything about why what they um, didn't like about it? So there was, yes. I mean, in public comments, um, there's been things like. Uh, It doesn't cite relevant work that is trying to mitigate some of these issues. Um, But at no point were we ever told which work we should have been citing. And we do, in fact, cite some work that is trying to mitigate these issues. So I don't know quite um, what that was about. But you're absolutely right. It was not, um, you know, we figured that we'd be ruffling some feathers with this paper because we were basically saying, hey, this thing that everyone's having so much fun chasing, maybe let's go a little bit slower and think about, you know, what kinds of downsides there are and how to do this safely. you know, There's gonna be people who don't wanna hear that, but we honestly thought it was gonna be open AI who was upset because we, you know, GPT-3 is kind of the best known example of this and, and um, it was our running example too. So we thought we'd ruffle some feathers, did not realize we were gonna be ruffling feathers inside Google. And it's basically a survey paper, right? We didn't run any experiments. We didn't do any analysis. What we did was we pulled together a bunch of different relevant perspectives on large language models and sort of brought them all together in one place um, so it is surprising that the paper seems to have been part of the cause of 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 google you know basically blowing up this amazing asset that it had in terms of its ethical ai team
0: so that is the story from the co-authors of the stochastic Parrots paper um, there has been a couple other episodes since then uh, even in 2022 those are ethics researcher fired from google for pretty much the same fact pattern um, and what's something that's super weird about this is that google continues to say that timnit resigned when it's pretty clear she didn't like i mean there's, there's not much incentive to lie about it but also i think i do want to represent the other side of the the um, story if such as there may be so i'm attaching two um, other links in the show notes one is a Verge podcast, uh, Verge um, magazine write-up about this whole episode. And the other is Jeff Dean's email to his own team um, talking about the quote-unquote res- resignation from Google. It's just a very weird episode, and I think it's pretty clear that if you want to work in AI ethics, you are not super welcome at Google. And <laughs> I think that's kind of worrying because the people with the most money and the most progress and the most machines and resources or whatever are barreling ahead because they are now in code red i don't know what to think about it beyond that